Listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of Rebel Heart Radio. Genevieve is not with us this week, but I, Cassie, get to interview my good friend, Brianne Wick, who is an incredible motivational speaker, an amazing coach for female entrepreneurs, including myself, and the founder of Brave Fear and the host of the Brave Fear podcast. And I have been wanting to get Brianne on for a second episode of the podcast for quite a long time, and especially centered around this idea and concept of stepping into and embracing your vulnerability. And Brianne is someone in my life who's really helped me to do that. And while neither one of us are experts on vulnerability, I think that's the power in this conversation of being able to step into that process and just be real about how hard it is to be vulnerable sometimes and the blocks that we experience and what that means for our life and our relationships and our business. So I really want to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. I think it is going to be incredibly impactful for you. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, um, find us in iTunes. Please leave us a review that helps other people see the podcast and hear about it and helps us spread the word. So we appreciate you, um, all of our listeners. We love you so much and thank you. And here is this week's episode. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. I'm so excited. I've got my buddy Brianne Wick here and we're going to be chatting a bit about vulnerability today, but I just want to say we're another solo episode today. It's just Brianne and I. We're we're missing our last piece, Genevieve. We're missing and Genevieve. she has just got a lot of kiddo stuff going on right now, so it's one of the joys of like the ebb and flow of having a partnership here where we can be there for one another and um, really glad that I get to literally just be like, okay, I'm going to selfishly interview all my friends. It's going to be so great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a really good day. I've recorded two other episodes with a couple other buddies and it's just been such good conversations. I feel like so many times when we jump into conversation brand, I'm like, where, where's the record button? Like, can we record this please? This is so good. I'm thinking that so, all the time too. I'm like, I need to record Cassie's voice telling me all of these beautiful wise words as we talk. <laughs> 
we need to be able to go back and listen to this conversation so that we can remind ourselves of what we I said. I mean, it works when we're on a recorded mastermind call, but I don't know about recording my wise words. I think most of my <laughs> wise words are recorded here somewhere intermixed into an entire episode. <laughs> That's true because I do love listening. Oh. Well, I'm really glad you're here, my dear. I think today talking about like vulnerability and transparency and all sorts of stuff, like just so you guys, our listeners know, like neither Brand nor I are experts in this field. We ain't no Brene Brown. Okay. Yeah. We We listen to Brene. She tells us what to do. She tells us literally how to live life. (laughs) Um, That's funny because sometimes I listen to her and then sometimes I run the other way. Yeah. (laughs) But that's, that's this whole, you know, discomfort thing. Well, that's vulnerability. (laughs) But I, um, it's really funny. I actually like, some of the conversations around these sort of topics, I appreciate so much from people who are really working through it at this time. And mm-hmm. I know like you're my homegirl, you're an Enneagram seven, I'm an Enneagram eight. <laughs> We're on the struggle bus when it comes to vulnerability. It's uh-huh. very hard. Um, and we both kind of avoid it at uh-huh. all costs for different reasons, but avoid it all the same. Yes. So this is a, a conversation that we've had a bunch of times and I've had some recent breakthroughs with you and being a part of your, your mastermind group. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to bring this topic like into, into play with you today. I'm really excited. I'm so excited too. When we even first talked about this, I was just like, okay, well, first of all, what the heck am I going to say? <laughs> no, really. I mean, it's one of the things that I truly believe in, And like you said, I'm working on, and I know you're working on too. So we've had a lot of discussions about this, just like whether we're just chatting together, you know, as friends or we're chatting within the mastermind, but like vulnerability is a topic that comes up so frequently. Um, But when you first kind of asked me, I definitely had that imposter syndrome moment where I was like, I can't talk about vulnerability. (laughs) Like, Don't ask me. (laughs) You also, I mean, you can, because you've made me tap into my vulnerability multiple times. Well, that is true. (laughs) But as it's so interesting, you know, it's always a different story to tap into yourself versus when you're coaching someone. Yeah. Right. And you're just, you're so good at coaching it out of me. So if you need to do that today, feel free to do that. I mean, that (laughs) might come up full reign to coach me and be like, wait, now hold up. What is that lie you're telling yourself? Oh, Oh, one of my favorite questions to ask. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. We've brought it up several times since getting back from our mastermind retreat in Waco. For those of you who are new to the podcast, um, Brienne is my business coach um, and she's incredible. And she really works in this place of um, helping you come to a place of brave action through fear. Mm-hmm. And that's something I never really considered myself someone who had a lot of fear because I seem on the outside, very fearless, mm-hmm. um, very action oriented, but man, there, there's a whole lot of fear in there. So <laughs> we're, we're we all have a whole through. lot of fear in there. But we, <laughs> yes, we recently went to, um, Waco, Texas for a mastermind event, uh, and retreat that Brienne hosted. And she's got another one coming up in the fall. Will you just like open with telling us a little bit more about that really quick? Oh my gosh. Well, yes. Cause I'm like so freaking excited. Um, but yeah, coming up in September is the brave fear retreat, which is even is my like brave fear moment by even like putting this thing together. This is my first more public style retreat because retreats up until now have all been just for my mastermind gals. 
Um, but there are also like my absolute favorite thing that I get to do. And when we get to commune together in person, especially all women getting to have that time and that refresh moment, it's magical, like truly magical. I've never had a retreat not end with everyone being like, holy crap, what just happened to us? (laughs) No, literally like what just happened to me? (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's like the best feeling in the whole wide world. So Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to have the brave fear retreat, the first one ever, which I'm super pumped about, which also means there will be more, um, but be happening this September in the Anaheim area. Yay. I'll be there. If you want to come hang out with me, just come on down, (laughs) be at the brave free retreat in September. Heck yes. And these lovely ladies are going to be doing Disneyland while I'm also, I'm going to be flying to Colorado at that point. And she's like, I'm going to be peacing out, but y'all have a good time. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't on purpose. I actually considered going to Disney with you guys Stop because it. it's, it'd be good for me. Right. I know. C- like we almost can the, inner, oh. the inner child in me. Yes. Or, and you know what? I would find out truly, am I actually avoiding this for good reason? <laughs> <laughs> I was in that in that conversation with myself I thought you know I'll just give myself full reign to like step away and just go to a bar yeah (laughs) I'm like I would be able to show you places to go hide it would be okay yeah no I'm not anyways I'm not worried about it but I've got I've got a beauty counter um retreat for a leader retreat in Colorado the next day so I'm gonna fly over and we're just gonna do that's gonna be so much fun it's gonna be great but man I'm gonna be tired at the end of that there's going to be an yeah. emotional drain. Woo. Yeah. But emotional in a, hangovers. In the Those best way. After <laughs> intense, brief, but intense stints of vulnerability. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so true. So anyways, it, you guys should check out her, her brave fear retreat. It's going to be absolutely incredible. I cannot wait to reconnect with everybody from our mastermind. But the I'm thing so I excited. got the most excited about was that you were opening up to everyone yeah. because that's something that you haven't done before. Mm-mm. And I was like, oh, oh, I can invite my friends. Yes. Like, this is so great. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's really, it's really true. And it's so funny. It was one of those things where you're like, you're talking with someone and, and I was just like, well, if I could just host retreats and that was like pretty much all I did, that would be amazing. And, and then that's when I got my own business coaching moment where they were like, well, why don't you do that? And I was like, what? You know, you kind of like, it's so hard for you to see yeah. your own stuff. But as soon as someone said it, I was like, oh, duh. Duh well, moments are my favorite moments ever. You're so good at it. Like, I love retreats. A gift for you. So, yeah. so if you guys are wanting to like dig deeper and really get at like the root of some like emotional blocks, blocks in your business, need advice from other women who are kind of in a similar place or have been in a similar place that you're in in either your business or your life. Like this is not business specific, I'm guessing. Yeah. We've got like two business specific talks from some guest speakers, but the rest of it is going to, is going to be just a lot of uncovering and discovering and, or even rediscovering things that you might've already known about yourself, but truly just like embracing who you are. Ooh. Yeah. That's fire. Okay. It's, I'm so pumped about it. Well, hopefully I'll be ready for some more <laughs> deep work by then. Yeah. I, maybe I will have recovered from my emotional hangover from the the end of uh, of, the, of the last month. I so. know. I'm like of our, of our mastermind retreat, then enter into all of the life things that have been happening. Woo. Yeah. Yes. This is very true. So, yeah. well, let's jump in. Like, tell me more. I... One, I think one of the things that helps me think about vulnerability is like 
understanding experiences in my life where I was kind of forced to be vulnerable because vulnerability is usually forced on me. It's usually not something I choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have definitely encountered some obstacles in kind of embracing my own vulnerability. And so I would love to hear about that from you. I'm going to mm-hmm. put you on the spot, girl. Put me on the spot anytime. Put you on the spot. <laughs> what are some like, what are some obstacles for you that kind of get in your way? of embracing your own vulnerability. Yeah. I think that some of the biggest obstacles that I know I face, um, almost always come down to ego Mm. and pride and see, I already, like, I will get there. I will go there with you, especially now, because this is what this whole episode's about, but I can get so caught up in wanting to look a certain way to people and wanting to be seen in a certain light. Um, and that to me is all ego. And I don't mean it to say like, we're super egotistical people. Like that's not what I mean by that, but it's like that pride factor that we have for ourselves where it's like, I want to be this, even though I might not be this all the time. Mm. And so we try to, we try to almost like, make, I'm trying to think of kind of the words here, like make, put on face, right? It's almost like a mask of sorts, um, where you are that person all of the time. And and it's just never true. Like we can't always be the thing we absolutely want to be all of the time, even though we want to be it. And I think I really struggle with this, especially as an Enneagram seven, because like, I want to be a happy, go lucky, amazing, like adventurous person, like who's just having a great time all of the time. But I have deep parts to me that are sad and that are real and that are really hard for me to talk about. And there are deep hurts and there are things that um, don't want to come out, you know, and I don't want to show them because then all of a sudden I'm not that happy-go-lucky person that I want to be, you know, consistently and stuff. But I would say my biggest obstacle, and I would even say that most people's biggest obstacle, because I'm going to go ahead and say it, is ego. Our ego gets in the way of just about all of it. Yeah, I'm like, this is like a, there's a violent head. She is situation. violently nodding her head. <laughs> I can see her. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, it's kind of like a nervous. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I haven't dug that much into like that, the concept of ego. Cause it's, it's an entire concept. It's not just this, like, this is how you're feeling about yourself. This is who, how you define yourself. It's so much deeper than that yeah. in And so it's a concept that keeps coming up for me within my study of the Enneagram. Mm. And what I'm finding for me is like within my ego, the obstacle that I face in embracing my own vulnerability is, is wanting to be strong all the time. Yeah. Powerful all the time. But one of the things that you and I have talked about is that vulnerability is power. Yeah. Vulnerability is brave. Yeah. And you know, in my core being, I don't see it that way, right. but that's a lie that I'm telling myself, right? Yep. Here we go. <laughs> um, but in my core being, like to me, vulnerability is weakness. Mm-hmm. You're showing your, your most, your weakest parts, your most vulnerable self. And then you're subject to betrayal, mm-hmm. rejection, mm-hmm. judgment, all of those things. And to me, that just sounds like the worst thing. Right. Well, it's like shedding your armor. Yes. Yeah. Well, and especially for an Enneagram eight, I mean, this is for everybody, but like Enneagram eight is like real thick suit of armor up in there. Like 
just <laughs> impenetrable <laughs> impenetrable invincible don't even try mm-hmm. um and I found for me are the times where I actually showed like my full true self in vulnerability with in relationships or situations was literally when I was forced to yeah. like ha- there I, I needed help there was no other way for me to do that you know it was that like a few kind of rock bottom moments for me or just really difficult traumatic times for me mm-hmm. and um those have been some of the absolute most beautiful moments of my life mm-hmm. and to me that speaks to the power of that like the result of that and so like I would love to chat more about like results around vulnerability mm-hmm for me, like it's created some super deep relationships that I never expected because I was kind of forced into this place of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to choose it. I'm trying to choose it. Mm-hmm. It is, there is nothing more. I see that in you though. Just knowing, <laughs> knowing you and working with you and, and all of the things it's like, I have seen you legitimately try to be open and be vulnerable. And it's like, it's like a very, like, I have to like go there. You got to (laughs) rally. Yeah. You got to rally up your vulnerability braveness. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's also so beautiful when it comes out. Like I could say even a result that I've seen from you specific was at our mastermind retreat that we just had. And I remember sitting across the table from you and, um, all I was doing was asking you like a question and you immediately started to tear up and you let us see it, you know, like you didn't like, you didn't like hide it and like, you weren't ready to talk yet, but you let us see on your face, the emotions that you were feeling as the question was being asked. And normally that's something that most people have to hide. And when I even just saw that, I think I remember, I see, I might make you cry. I don't want to make you cry, but I remember sitting across from you and I was like, that is one of the most beautiful images in my entire world right now is getting to see Cassie this way. I think that's like the most beautiful I've ever seen her look. And it was like, just like this powerful moment and the whole room was quiet. And like, everyone was just kind of like giving you that space. And it was so brave and it was just so impactful and it's like it's one of those images I might not ever forget (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah um (laughs) I'm just gonna gonna, mm -hmm that uh I don't I don't know if I remember exactly what it what you asked Mm -hmm. but it was just um I didn't, I, I actively was like, okay, you don't want to cry right now, but you just have to, mm-hmm. like, you just have, you need that release. You need to let it go. I think you even told us that after you were able to like gather enough. <laughs> yeah. And the, the weird part is that, you know, when I, when I learned my Enneagram type, I was having this conversation with my friend Dallas, who's also an Enneagram eight. He's the one who brought it to the table for me and was like, whoa, you need to look at this. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I do. Weird. <laughs> Um, oh, hello, which, me. <laughs> like, ha, hello, me. So, um, and through that process, one of the things that I was talking about was I was like, well, you know, I, I, I resonate with most all of this, but I think I'm actually a pretty vulnerable person. And it was hilarious. He was literally like, he started laughing mm-hmm. and he was like, Cass, no. And he explained this concept of like, 
people in this in this position maybe maybe you're not an Enneagram 8 and like you can relate to this right Mm -hmm. Uh, you have these like different levels that you allow people in and he's like some some Enneagram 8s have their 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 castle and they've got the moat and they've got the courtyard and the village and the and the the whole thing I love that visual so much (laughs) I love it so much and he was like some eights their walls are around everything Mm -hmm. the courtyard so like maybe that's your family and your business and your team and your whatever it is Mm -hmm. you know and some people have it all the way up until like that castle and it's literally like your partner your best friend your mom like that's it Mm -hmm. but everybody has these different levels in which they let people in but that doesn't mean you're truly vulnerable because you're not exposing yourself to just anyone which I mean is not necessarily what we're saying is the way to go here. Right. <laughs> it's from, from my place. But when you allow yourself to kind of experience that vulnerability in all sorts of aspects of your life. So I just thought that was really interesting. And he's like, I think your, your, your barrier, your wall is wider than most eights in the sense that like you'll let others into a certain capacity. But one of the things that I learned in that process was that I was really just being transparent right, and not necessarily vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot for me to flesh out like the difference between those two and what that means. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about transparency as like the ability to see through something completely. And when I'm being transparent with someone, I'm letting them see into my life, but I'm choosing what they see. Mm -hmm. I'm choosing that. And I'll let people know like what's going on and like inform people a little bit about my feelings but there's not a lot of talk about feelings right it's all circumstantial right or if there are feelings I've noticed that like the most the vulnerable the moments where I think I'm being the most vulnerable it's a situation where I've actually come through it Mm -hmm. so it's like well I had this problem but now the problem is solved so everything is fine right so now I can (laughs) share about that because I have no feelings about it anymore Exactly. So I don't, yeah, I've moved on. I have, and if I do have feelings about it, they're healthy feelings, right. like whatever it is, right? They're the feelings I've already worked through. We're good. It's not something that's like super real and happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually, I've always looked at myself as someone who actually really shares a lot with people. Like I talk about my life. Do. I talk about relationships, conflicts, my own like doubts and limitations Um, but all of this, like, I really don't think I have that many people in my life still to this day who feel like they actually really know me, Mm -hmm. like really know me. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very few people that I, I really let them see that. And within vulnerability, like when you're being vulnerable, you're making yourselves, like we said before, susceptible to judgment, to betrayal, to, um, you know, to hurt really yeah. honestly, like any kind of hurts or pains or yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't just let people know what's going on. I actually have to like show how everything is affecting me and not just say, but show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that means I have to let my guard down and let go of control, which is the opposite of my natural <laughs> movements in the world. I'm like, guard up control. Here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I, I, it's really rare for me to present kind of an unprocessed and unpolished version of myself. And even when that you might think, or I might say 
that that version of me is relatively unpolished and unprocessed. It's not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's kind of like been my thoughts around like that dichotomy. And one of the things that I learned in the sleeping at last song and, and the podcast episode that came along with that on the Enneagram for my type was just this thought of a lot of eights think they're being vulnerable, but they're actually being transparent. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, (sighs) and then I had a moment where I was like, I don't know how. I don't know how to be vulnerable. I have Mm -hmm. no idea how to do that. Mm -hmm. As I've been, well, I remember, first of all, that we've had this talk before privately. And I love, I love having the definitions out there of like, this is transparency and this is vulnerability. Um, And like the difference kind of between those two, because it's easy for people, almost any people to be transparent. Like I can tell you what's going on in my world. Like I can let you in on like at least a surface level of something. So you can see some of that transparency within my life, but to tell you how it affects me Mm. is all of a sudden where I'm like, nope, we don't go there. And I think that that to me feels like the biggest difference between transparency and vulnerability is like transparency might be telling the what, but vulnerability is saying how it affects you. And I love, I love that as like a very simplified way to almost like, uh, describe the two, because how often do people actually talk about how things affect them? It's not that often. Yeah. I mean, unless someone asks me. Yeah. I'm like, I (laughs) rarely. (laughs) Well, people don't ask that. No. I mean, you do in the context of our like business coaching and mastermind group. And that's Mm kind of where that's been fleshed out for me. Yeah. Um, But that's like, that's like going to therapy right there. (laughs) It's true. I mean, truly working with me is just business therapy. (laughs) It legitimately and personal therapy and all the things. (laughs) Because we talk all about the life things. But like for, for instance, Brene Brown, she'll be transparent and tell you about things, but she's actually less transparent than she is vulnerable. She will tell you more about how she feels about things, like how things affect her, than she will tell you what is happening in her world. But she's also, she says, very introverted. Yeah. So I'm sure that's a piece of it. I think too. it's a piece of it too. But she also is like, you know, the go-to expert of all things vulnerability and blah, blah, blah. But like, I think that that is always like the key difference. Like if you're truly looking for like, what's the difference between transparency and vulnerability? And, and I think it all comes down to like how something affects you and, and, and truly voicing and showing, like you said, which is like huge, but showing, showing that. Cause that's often what I do not do for people. Like I don't show them how things affect me cause I don't want them to necessarily know, especially if I'm feeling hurt or mm, pained in some way, you know? Cause then I'm just like, let's just, let's just reel that puppy in and let's, <laughs> let's not show how it affects me. I often, I often will laugh it away. It's like, you guys will start to notice this probably even in this podcast. If all of a sudden we get like, on a topic that might be hard or something. And then like a laugh, that's me literally giving myself a break from it and like not going there. Like, okay, I'm going to laugh and give myself a moment of reprieve. So I don't have to feel those feelings. <laughs> yeah. I might do that too, actually. <laughs> I like, ah. and my therapist laugh. naturally <laughs> pointed that out to me. So, <laughs> like, oh, so we every know time it's we true. Dig deep, you start to giggle uh-huh. and it's real cute, but but what's really happening. Yeah. And it's true. true. Now y'all know my tell. 
<laughs> Got it. Everybody, we can see right through this girl and how it affects her. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that is, that's been my biggest struggle is actually saying how things affect me. Mm. Um, in my vulnerability, because I can be very similar to you in, in the sense that I can tell people and be transparent about my life and about things that might be happening. But to tell you how things affect me is near impossible for me to do. Sometimes I don't even fully know. And even when working with others, um, because a lot of, you know, I, I might say I do business coaching, but I really do a lot of life coaching uh, yes. in all of this. And it's like, you know, speaking with others and you included is sometimes we don't even know. Like, how can we voice what we don't even know? Like, I don't know how this is affecting me right now. And that's, I think, part of the self-awareness journey that I love to talk about and all of the mindset things and, and the things that we need to figure out about ourselves in order to even get to a place of vulnerability. But that could be a broader topic right now that I am now diving into. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so good. I feel I feel like a lot of my struggle within being vulnerable at how, about how I feel is not actually knowing how I feel. Yeah, which is crazy for me because I usually know where I stand on things. Right, and but, but then that comes, feels so uncomfortable. Yeah, when it comes to tapping into my own emotions, I don't really feel my feelings. Mm -hmm. I just don't, and that's a level of like just being like vulnerable with myself. I just gonna say that. that. <laughs> I'm not even vulnerable <laughs> with myself. Like that's step one. Here we go. Let's feel this those is, feelings. This is how big this shield is. I don't even get vulnerable <laughs> with my own self, people. <laughs> there's inner armor. There's outer armor. Yeah. Under armor. I was just going to say, what's the, what's the brand? Under armor. There it is. Oh not sponsored gosh. by this or podcast. Not sponsored by Under Armor. Unless they would like um, to be. Feel free to reach out to. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> No, we're not kidding. Um, Just kidding, not kidding. I, Email us anyway. I'm sure like if you guys haven't listened to um, Brene Brown's like famous TED talk on vulnerability mm -hmm. from I don't even know like what eight years ago, nine years ago, something like that. Something like that. Yes. Um, I highly recommend doing that. It's literally 20 minutes. I'll link it in the show notes for you guys. But she talks a lot about um, in the last couple of clips of her video about like what it means to step into vulnerability mm -hmm. in our lives. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that she talks about is just letting ourselves be seen yeah. and finding like true belonging yes. in that. Yes. Um, and I think, I think that's this piece. I think it's part of, you know, feeling your own feelings is allowing yourself to literally be seen by yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But allowing yourself to be seen by others. And I think for me until this gives, this is what gives me hope. I didn't really feel seen until I experienced vulnerability from other people. Yeah. And that's what allowed me to feel seen, which allows me to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's like an incredibly powerful thought. If anything I say, anything I share about my own experience, about my own emotions, my own feelings, I do apparently have those. And yes, you do. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Um, and what that could do for someone else and allowing them to be, to open up and, and experience that, that shift of, of feeling seen. And I think that's been one of the biggest pieces of the Enneagram stuff that speaks to me is just feeling understood. I think that's all we all want. Yeah. And you know, whatever it is that allows you to, to feel understood and seen is, is worth pursuing. Yeah. Yeah. We sure. want to feel seen. We want to feel understood. We want to feel loved. And that's like, 
being human. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but you're reminding me too, because you kind of were talking about like the results of vulnerability. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. <laughs> and I love it. Um, I remember something you said to me at the um, mastermind retreat. Obviously, that we're going to keep bringing that up because that it feels still like it was just you know like it's still it's still pretty it's still raw fresh. for me. Yeah, I'm still working on it. Yeah, um, but you said to me that I was I was showing you how to be a leader and be vulnerable inside of that group at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, when you even said that to me that it hit me pretty heavily because. I, it's not something that I necessarily thought about like strategically or like, um, consciously, but I had started to discover and see that like, if I wanted to build this community of women, if I wanted you all to be able to commune together and love on each other and make this an incredibly brave, safe space to, to truly be yourself in it, that I had to be vulnerable first. And if I wasn't vulnerable first, that space doesn't, doesn't exist. It, do, it, it doesn't get created. And stepping into sort of like these leadership roles, oh, even just like a couple of years ago when I really first started doing these retreats, it was like so intimidating for me because I had this impression in my mind of like, as a leader, you're supposed to be separate. You're supposed to like lead the group and like, you don't, you don't share, you don't you just leave room for them to share and you kind of do that. But then I noticed that everyone was quiet and didn't, like, didn't step up and like, didn't, you know, want to talk about their stuff or, you know, whatever. And the minute I got vulnerable and I was saying how something made me feel, everyone else did. And it was like, that hit me so hard, even if subconsciously that like, that's how I needed to show up in the space. And then when you said it to me, at the retreat, it almost came kind of full circle for me of like, I was doing it sort of subconsciously, but then you, you stated it to me and it almost like finally hit as that's the result of vulnerability. Like Brienne, when you go there, when you do that thing, you are giving people the courage to do it too. Yeah. And I mean that I have always felt like leadership and vulnerability were mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. and they're, they're not and they can't be they can't be like I appreciate more than anything a humble leader mm-hmm. I don't look at a, a a leader who's coming to the table with humility and their own stuff as someone who has no business leading me in fact I'm like I'm here for it yeah but that's something I really deeply struggled with in and I think that's at the root of like imposter syndrome within the business community mm-hmm it's who am I to if I experience these things? Guess what? We all experience them, yep. right? Um, Turns out everyone's ta- having a hard time. <laughs> yeah, right? Hello, life, rude. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to but we have to talk about it. Yeah. And that was something, that was actually a really big moment for me at the retreat too because one of the things that came from that was kind of shifting my focus even within my beauty counter organization mm-hmm. to be coming from a place where I'm working as their mentor and as their leader to like working as a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always something I strive to do. But I think just in my mind and my heart, I was finally allowed to make that shift. Right. It, al- it almost gave me permission 
mm-hmm. to do so because I respect you so much as a leader too. And then I thought, man, if I can do that with my team, like they're going to build teams like crazy. This will be fantastic right. <laughs> because it's, well, it's super powerful. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. So, so back to like that, mm-hmm. are there any other times in life where you had some like massive shift as a result of being vulnerable that like comes to mind? Yeah. The other one that came to my mind when you kind of asked that question was um, how I started to really show up as myself. And it still feels a little bit like a challenge on some days, um, but I'm more myself than I've ever been in my entire life. My mid 30s, freaking awesome. Let's just state that right now because I love who I am now. But when I was going through, um, junior high, high school, especially those years. And for me, those also came after, uh, those years basically came after child abuse that I went through in my past. And some of the stuff that, you know, that trauma that had kind of happened then that made me phenomenally insecure. Like there is a reason to kind of hide who you are when you, when you have trauma in your background. Like I want to make sure people hear that and know that as a thing, but when I started to finally kind of come out of like who I thought I had to be or was supposed to be or should be. And I started to really embrace who I was. And that was like thorns and all, right? Like, <laughs> I'm kind of a feisty person. Um, I might be like, people think I'm very sweet all the time. And I think that's part of the like giggling, laughing stuff. Cause I'm like, yeah, cause I need to kind of giggle away my freaking anger right now. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I have to like do things like that sometimes, but I, I started to notice like when I showed up in those spaces and I expressed the feelings that I, I was feeling and like the, how things were affecting me that other people then treated me better. Like that seems so strange to say, but like I had better friends I had better relationships. I had a better relationship with my mom, you know, like I had a better relationship with my family. They started to understand better who I was and where I was coming from. I wouldn't have met my husband now without having shown up more as like who I am. And I would have probably married the wrong guy, just a (laughs) different, different caveat out there. Luckily that relationship did not last, but like, it was such an interesting thing for me, I think, to start truly embracing that because like I've got these gritty sides to me and then my other side just wants to be a Disney princess and talk to birds all day long. So like, that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I connect with your gritty side. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, what's really funny is the I, I love that you that you went here because the first time I ever experienced you in was um, I think I can't even remember. So, I mean, we we met through another business coaching situation mm-hmm. that we were both in a, a part chat room of, in a chat room of <laughs> so all places. Funny. And we're like, who else is for Portland? And hey. like two other people. And we grabbed coffee and here we go. Lifelong friendship. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yep. Um, but what, what floored me when I met you was I was so, I was so attracted to your, your bubbliness but I don't usually like that in people. Right. I'm usually like that bubbliness is bullshit. You are just covering something up right now <laughs> or whatever. But like, I don't know if we could, I could see the, the grit, mm-hmm. 
behind the bubble (laughs) and the first few times i watched you do like a live video which is hilarious because bran was doing live videos when like live videos were not a thing Mm -hmm. i actually i loved them even more back then can can we bring back periscope because that was like my jam oh my well there were like a lot of creepers on periscope it's really true i had to like i had a a pretty legit following on periscope like it was i was building during that time i would go on walks with my son um every single morning yeah and I would literally just go on Periscope and talk while he was like in the little pack and this is like he was like a little bump he was like a month old or something he was so precious so much time has passed I know I cannot I can't I can't let's not um (laughs) but anyway so but through that process it wasn't until like I actually got to know you more in person Mm -hmm. that I really saw that gritty side mm-hmm. of you and I was like oh okay mm-hmm. this is why I like her so much it's one of the many reasons but I this I is what I was like, sensing <laughs> this is what I was sensing no but it's really interesting like as I've grown personally I've noticed that I've kind of opened myself up to more of these relationships with people who are like fun loving mm-hmm. and love to laugh and are funny and mm-hmm. nurturing too you're a very nurturing person mm-hmm. And, um, and that's not always something I was open to. Mm-mm. So like the lightness of you, like really drew me in. And then I was like, Oh, she got darkness too. Okay. That's right. Okay. And I believe everybody <laughs> has both. And I'm tired of us pretending like we only have one or the other. I just want to throw that out there for anyone Ooh. listening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the mastermind, when you talked about like embracing, like you talked about the crystal yeah. and light coming through the crystal and there being dark parts and light parts and both of those things like Mm -hmm. being okay Mm -hmm. and existing and being there well and how important both are like are to ourselves yes like there's because like I said it's been my one of my biggest struggles was always kind of hiding a little bit more of my darker side and it's still something that I'm I'm struggling with and stuff because it was sort of always expected of me to be like that happy person you know especially Mm -hmm. I think being a seven, there's probably a lot of people out there who are like me that would feel like this. Um, but the, the sides of me that are my dark sides are also the sides of me that people connect the most to. Mm-hmm. And they're my more vulnerable moments, right? They're the patches from, of me, I feel, that are like the most painful like if you poke at it, like I feel that, you know what I mean? Like it's That's still an open wound. Yes. Yes. But how essential they are to building relationships and, and how important it is for us to, to recognize that both our light side and our dark sides that every single person has are just as equally important. Like there's not mm. one that's better than the other. But so often I think we feel like one needs to be better. Um, and usually it's the light side, you know, but it's like, it's just not true. And the more that I think everyone can start to embrace their darkness, their dark sides, you know, the, the darkness that's in them, the, the, well, really, truly the more vulnerability that would be out there, but the better our world would be, which might sound really weird when I just said that. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's complicated, but simple, right? Yes. Right. I, um, it's really interesting. I was just talking to my friend Danielle Boltz, who's going to be on next week's episode of the podcast. And we were talking, actually, unfortunately, it was off the record. I know you're like, <laughs> dang it, after we, should this be a uh, podcast episode had, right here? 
that's how I feel when I talk to her and you all of the time. I'm like, just, we just need to hit record all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, one of the things that we talked about was allowing room in your life for people who reflect your wholeness with their own wholeness. Yes. And thinking about that light and the dark side as being part of that whole, mm-hmm. right? That's part of being whole mm-hmm. is embracing both pieces of yourself and loving both mm-hmm. um, and the potential in both. And it's it was just really interesting. We were We were just talking about essentially like not making room for people who are like not whole at this time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, because you can't make them whole. They have, they're, they, they have to recognize within themselves that they are in fact already whole. Yes. Um, well, I'm like, and- everyone hit rewind and listen to that part again, <laughs> hit your 15 seconds back and make sure you hear what Cassie just said. Boom, boom. 15 <laughs> seconds. Um, and that, I mean, that's something, uh, Danny brought to the table, yeah. but I was just like, God, that's so good. And it really speaks to me to part of that wholeness is allowing yourself to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. by allowing those dark sides to be in it Mm -hmm. they're they're in it too and allowing others to see that and reflecting that back and just like you said like everything that you all the dark sides of you are what people connect the most to Mm -hmm. and I think we are really like that's someone reflecting back like I have that too right back to you and it feels so good and it's another another layer of feeling seen and heard and mm-hmm. having that belonging and that relatability I think is absolutely huge in relationships. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't I don't have, have no idea where that was going, but I think but it I was think... beautifully said and it's an important <laughs> thing to talk about. <laughs> well, because I mean we're getting Musings. we're getting even vulnerable and talking about the fact that we we know we have a light and a dark side to us. Yeah. And And I used to just run from my dark side, right? Like I, I never wanted to embrace the, the darker feelings or emotions that I had. And I didn't want to feel them for one thing. Like I didn't want to have to deal with it, but then I also never wanted someone to know that I had them because I thought that it made me less than like, I thought that I wouldn't be loved if someone knew like sort of these darker sides to me and it became for so many of those years, but especially I think through like junior high, high school, even college, actually like all, all that time, which is a lot of time, um, of just kind of, uh, that ego constantly taking over and saying like, don't, you don't, that stuff is bad. That's not who you are. You know, like don't, don't deal with that, you know? And that's, that's part of what I was saying with the obstacle for me of getting vulnerable. is like, if you don't embrace sort of those, those darker sides of you, if you don't embrace that area of your life, you can't get to those vulnerable places anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my goodness. I know. Okay. Here we go. No, it's, (laughs) it's so good. It's so good. I, um, every time you mention the, the light and the dark and allowing what people to see of you, Mm -hmm. I think, and, and being afraid that you're not going to be loved because of that, Mm -hmm darkness in you yeah. it's really interesting sometimes I look at the lightness in me as dark yeah and it's almost like there was no room for that because the dark was so dark <laughs> like, I understand that. if that makes any sense mm-hmm. and I you know for me like the lightness is like connecting with my inner child and allowing myself to have fun and laugh and be vulnerable and not so serious mm-hmm. all of those things mm-hmm. that lightness um 
And I think a lot of the hesitation for me in getting into those even difficult, dark emotions is that I'm already kind of dark enough. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Other people are like, oh, here's the pretty light side of me. And I don't want to show you this. I'm like, yeah, I'm angry. I'm intense. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and I, I, I am a lot of things, but those things are not necessarily like dark or light. They just are right about me. And so for, I think for the longest time, I didn't want to show any additional negative emotions to the anger that I already show on a daily basis right? (laughs) or that I try to hold back a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. So all the stuff, all the, the, the things that have been so poignant for me around the Enneagram are within just this place of feeling seen and understood. And, and one of those for me has been like, Hey guys, for the, for those of you that have an eight in your life, mm-hmm. here's a public service announcement. They are already dialing down the volume on their anger and intensity by 75% before they even open their mouth to you. Mm. <laughs> You're already giving me an idea right now. I want to do an episode on my podcast about the fear of being too much oh because because it's like you're not the only one who I've talked to about this but that fear of if I let you in on all of the things that I'm feeling if I let you in if you're you're getting like a sliver of the deep emotions and the things that are happening and swirling within me right now that like I would be too much for you And like, what a fear that is for us. And it could be in the way that you're talking about. Uh, I have another friend who it's, it's in a way that she shows up and loves people. I have myself where it's in a way that like, (laughs) sometimes I can be a little, um, excitable, (laughs) well over the top. My, my enthusiasm. I'm like, like when we go to Disneyland and yes, I want to skip and prance and like sing every song, probably twirl around with my arms wide open and I'm not afraid to let it go. So you're already, I mean, you probably don't do all of those things. And I, unless you're already with someone who truly knows you. Yeah. I will tone it down. But that is part of the thing of what I was saying earlier of like, when I show up in my true self and I allow those things to really shine and show where I'm not dialing it back, I might make some people uncomfortable, but it's when you find your people, but yes. And that's the thing. It's like, I'm no longer sitting there trying to please everybody. Instead, I'm being myself and then I'm being embraced and loved by the people who can handle it. And like, it is the most freeing, beautiful feeling in the entire world when someone sees all, like all of you, like you're like hundred percent, you're not 10, you're hundred. And they go, you are amazing. And you're like, thank you. You know, like, that's like the only time, how often are we like given a compliment or something like that? And we're like, "Mm, no, or, you know, whatever, you know, we kind of like dismiss or something like that. It doesn't matter what it is. But like, if you come out all 100% and someone then says something about how wonderful you are, it's probably one of the first times ever that you accept that compliment because you feel it for the first time too. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm just kind of entering into that space Mm -hmm. and that realization process. Mm -hmm. But for me, like, uh, like having people who actually really do love my quote unquote too muchness or love me being at a hundred percent. I like that Um, better. 
Yeah, I know. I understand. I get it. <laughs> I want you to start saying that so we get out of the too muchness. See, she's coaching me on this call right now on our, on our recording. Um, I did open myself up to that. So when I'm being 100% myself, mm-hmm. what I figured out in the process of figuring out what that 100% looks like yeah. and magically having people in my life who are like, yes, give us 100%. It's great. We love it. Mm-hmm. We love you. Mm-hmm. Then I see the people who say, no, 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 no. Like, I only want 70%. If you give me more than that, like you're the person who's to blame. You're in the wrong. Yeah, I you're, can't handle you're it. pernicious in this relationship, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't handle that. I got no room for that. Mm-hmm. And this is a lot of our conversations have been like, well, as an intense person, I always have, always have to take a step back and look at those relationships and say, well, did I do something? Mm-hmm. Did I do something to offend? Did I do something that was too much. Did I say something that was over, overbearing, over the top, overprotective, over whatever? Mm-hmm. And you know, because sometimes, yeah, that's true. Like I'm, I'm not a blameless person in relationships. We all, we all have take our part. But one of the things that's allowed me to do that is taking a step back and being like, no, like, I nothing I did here was an offensive thing, mm-hmm. you know. And then others kind of walking me through okay well if I had this interaction with you how would you interpret it like what's the rational side of this Mm -hmm. and seeing okay I can have healthy relationships there are people that exist on this planet who can handle Cassie one hundo that's right (laughs) which is (laughs) I that's like a really honestly very very new I mean like weeks Mm -hmm. couple of months new for me yes um And honestly, this podcast has been a really beautiful place for me to come into that too. Mm -hmm. Um, If you guys listen back to like the get to know you episodes that Genevieve and I did that are like two freaking hours long, by the way, (laughs) there's, you'll listen and you'll be like, oh yeah, she's really transparent. There's not a lot of vulnerability in that place. Yeah. Um, And by the way, just, I I tried to get Genevieve to trash those episodes and she would not let me. (laughs) Because I felt, I felt a little too vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask you, that, how did that make you feel? <laughs> yeah. I felt really vulnerable when we got done with those. And I really listened to it and I was like, oh, I cannot put this into the world. Nope. Nobody can know this much about me. It's not a good thing. Vulnerability hangover is real. Yeah. And I mean, I, that was the moment in which I was like, I am afraid of putting this out there. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I got to just do it. Mm-hmm. And so I did it. <laughs> And I, I always ask myself the question too, anytime I feel that vulnerability hangover, I ask myself like, why, why am I feeling this right now? Like, what's my fear around it? Yeah. And again, I'm going to come back to that ego moment. I had a moment really recently where I was at, um, my, my own mastermind retreat with my business coach. So that's not the one that I held. Um, but I got to attend my own and she put on music and, Everyone had found out by that point that like, uh, I'm a singer and like had done music for a long time and stuff. And so unbeknownst to me, they were trying to find a song in which like Brian was going to belt it, you know, and like bring out her like <laughs> musical side. And like, I didn't know. And I kept just kind of like jiving in the background. And then, um, and by the way, Cassie already knows this about me, but like, if you do, if you put on a musical, I'm going to freaking freak out. Like I cannot help myself. <laughs> I'm like, I want all the musicals, Disney songs and musicals will get me every time. Here's the funny part. You never actually told me that. I just knew it. Okay. You never said it anywhere. I was like, this girl loves musicals. She called me out on it one day. She was like, well, I know it's not a musical. And then I was like, that's okay. I love musicals. Anyway, (laughs) but they finally put on 
the greatest showman and this was the this is me song and like i like i wasn't even drinking but like i just bounced off the couch and i just started to like belt it inside of this small house that we were in and like all the girls are sitting there i just put on a freaking show and i was having a blast and then all of a sudden the song ended and i'm standing there in front of the girls and i was like shit (laughs) what did i just do i'm so freaking embarrassed right now and like and i just it was the strangest dichotomy to me where like in the moment i was fully 100 percent myself like that is what i want to do all the time like you put on a musical i want to flail my arms and have a whole dance routine and sing you the song like that's what i want to give you but like as soon as it was done and then i just saw everyone staring at me and i was like what like what just happened i even i literally ran to the bathroom I like took a shower because I was feeling such a vulnerability, like hangover. All of a sudden that word became really hard for me. Vulnerability hangover. And I, I remember sitting in the shower and I was like, why am I feeling, why am I feeling like ashamed of having stepped into myself right then? Cause like I just did. And, and it wasn't without <laughs> like, it was just, it just happened. But like, why did I feel like that afterward? And I, and I realized my ego had crept back in, in that moment and was going, everyone's judging you. You're such a show off. Like all of these like words and thoughts and doubts and horrible things that have always kind of run in the back of my head for a long time, started to kind of peel its way back in. And when I came back out, all of the girls were just like, that was awesome, Brienne. You're so cute. You know, and they were just so encouraging and wonderful. And I realized like, when you show up in that space, and even when you feel like a crazy shame afterward, but like that doesn't mean that that's what happened, right? Mm. But like my ego fully got in the way and was trying to tell me something that was a false truth from my past, like like that that I had believed it was never a truth, right? But just like a false mm. a falsity from my past that I had embraced, and and it was such a freeing moment. I will never forget that moment. Cause like, I like literally ran away, <laughs> came back out. You know what I mean? So, you know, even in that moment, but like they just accepted it and loved it. And then kept even saying like, what's another one we can find. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think I've probably had enough bread this moment. I'm already hung over. <laughs> I'm already hung over. Yeah, already moved, <laughs> yeah. moved to that place. But it's, uh, I think that's one of those things too. When you start to step more into that space, it does become easier, but then you still will all, it's always a process. You're still going to have that battle that's coming up for you. You're still going to have that stuff that's coming up. And for me, it was an instantaneous, like, holy shit. Holy shit. I'm out. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, that's so funny. I, it's, first of all, I would have loved to have seen that. It was really fun. I'll give you, I'll give it to you one day. Maybe at the next retreat. Brave Fear <laughs> Retreat. If you come, you might see. Karaoke. <laughs> We might have to do a little karaoke moment. Yeah. Karaoke moments make me really uncomfortable. Um, They actually make me really uncomfortable too. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because you can sing doesn't mean it doesn't make you feel vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that, that I I've been thinking about too, with this whole vulnerability thing is, is it's so hard when you have those lies that either you've been telling yourself that, 
you know, you're, you're learning, okay, that's, that's a lie. That's, you know, that's not true. I'm, I'm putting up a block from like telling the truth to both myself and other people in this moment or being a hundred percent myself. I think the hardest part for me is, um, breaking through those lies that in fact, someone else has also said to me. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not just what I'm saying to myself. It's what other people have directly said to me. Mm -hmm. So like in, in past I've talked about like the whole, like you're bossy, you're bitchy, you're all all sorts of things like center of attention all. And I'm like, I actually really hate that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) like actually, well, you don't really know me. Um, but those are the ones that are actually the hardest for me to let go of and allow myself to truly like occupy that space of being vulnerable and being a hundred percent myself. Um, because they just, you just hear them. You just hear them. You hear them and you, and you sometimes, I even want to say you don't hear them because they're a constant, they're so constant and you've taken them in as truth. Like Mm. I call them limiting beliefs because you believe in those things. So you don't even hear them anymore. They just repeat in the background and you just take them in as like, yep, that is, that is who I am. That is what's happening here. That is what people believe about me. You know, whatever it might, however it might show up for you. But something that I've, I've learned a lot in the past is, um, when things are spoken at us, I'm going to kind of say that like, they're like to us, but they're like, it's like at us, maybe about us, but it's not actually ever about us. I truly don't no. believe that. I think that if someone's going to say something really negative about you, like I've had the same experience um, with a, a lot of my leadership roles growing up and stuff like that, where people would call me a bitch and, you know, and just say things like, you're so bossy, you know, you're so controlling and things like that. And I, I had taken all of that in as well. Cause I've got a pretty strong eight wing. Yeah. If y'all haven't noticed, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was, it was really hard to hear those things. But then I kind of started to realize like, I'm not that, but that person is struggling with that themselves, whether they are that, whether they have that at home, whether that's something that's been told to them in the past, like, all of the things, but like they are now projecting onto me one of their fears when they condemned me with those words sort of a thing. And I, it helped me at least to start the process of separating. Um, because I briefly mentioned this, you know, in passing really fast, but yes, I do have abuse in my background. So a lot of what happened to me back then was, uh, verbal and emotional abuse And of course, that means a lot of nasty things were said to me. And as a kid, that's like really hard and you cannot decipher between the two things. But as an adult, as I'm working through it, as I'm like learning about what happened to me and what was said, I'm learning that those things were never actually about me. And it it gives me power to start to go, okay, those words were spoken at me. They were spoken to me. They were meant for me from that person, but not really. Like they were never actually about me. It was about whatever was happening in their world. Projection. Projection. Ooh, that was fire. I just brought out a lot of, a lot of things there. I know. (laughs) Am I getting vulnerable yet? (laughs) Let's have an episode on projection. (laughs) It's so funny. I feel like every time I, I do an episode like this where we're just having a candid conversation. Yeah. 
it feels like I, there are 10 more episodes born out of it oh, than yeah. when we do something that's like, you know, straight and to the point. I'm always like, there's no to the point here. Like, there's this so is much more we want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> this is just Brienne and myself and how we roll mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I don't, I don't really know the answer to this and I don't know if you do either. And if we both don't, that's okay. Um, but how do we, how do we step forward in, in practicing vulnerability from here? Cause I know this is something that everybody struggles with in their own way, mm-hmm. every human being. So I don't know. I mean, for me, it's stepping out and understanding myself yeah. first yeah, and where I have room to let people in mm-hmm. and grow, mm-hmm. right? Anywhere you have room for growth is somewhere where you definitely need to let somebody in. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, one thing that I've done, it, cause for me, it's, it's not necessarily about being vulnerable. It's about finding people that I trust to be vulnerable with. And you get so to choose that. Yeah. I almost so want to like been, really iterate that because like, or reiterate that because I think so often when it's one of those kind of words that's happening right now where everyone feels like they need to be vulnerable, more vulnerable on social media and all of this stuff. But it's like, you do not have to be vulnerable with everybody. You get to choose who you get to be vulnerable with. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty like real and straightforward and definitely still myself on social media, Mm -hmm. but man, like, no, I'm not going to be telling you the nitty gritty details of my life and my feelings. I might share snippets here and there as I'm led to do so, but I think that's so spot on. And for me, it was, it was realizing like, oh, I get to choose these people yeah, and they kind of have to choose me back. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I, I get to choose who I'm in deeper relationship with and I don't have to settle for people who I kind of fell into these deeper relationships with, but maybe who aren't meant to be mm-hmm. that like vessel of vulnerability for me. Um, and I'm the vessel of vulnerability, but like finding some sort of connection there and being able to go deeper. And so that process of choice for me has been stepping back and looking at, well, who do I have in my life that allows me to be a hundred percent myself? And, and, and I, I hesitate to say like still loves me or loves me in spite of, or loves me anyway. It's, it's no, it's, they just love me. And, Good catch, <laughs> right? <laughs> I try to catch things before Brian coaches me. Um, she kind of she always looks at me for just a moment, and I can see like the words like processing in her mind before I'm she like, fully speaks. We got to say that a different way. That means that you've done good work in me. <laughs> um, but I, I, um, having that, having that choice and looking at okay, who accepts me? Yeah. But who also do I just want more of mm-hmm. too? You know, and if I want, if I want more of that person then I need to give more of myself to in that process and allow them to like enter into that deeper connection. So I just had a moment. Mm-hmm. I made myself a little list. I love that so that's much. That's who I am. That was my practical side. So guys, good. We, we always give you the practical takeaways, but I, I made, I, I just made a list in general of like what I need less of in my life and what I need more of. Mm. Um, and the less of list turned out to be a lot of things that could just go, which was great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're still, we're still working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the who was also in that category. And so when I wrote the list of like the people I need more of, that was really telling to me. Cause I think there are people in my life who like, it's just enough. Yeah. I like, I like where the relationship is at. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I don't want to go deeper with everybody. Right. 
So, but, I, but those were people who I was kind of already initially close to. So anyways, long story short, like that process was really good and healing. Mm-hmm. And as I've moved forward in vulnerability with those people, they've really met that back for me. Yeah. Um, and that's been a really, honestly, really healing thing for me mm-hmm. to be able to see like that coupling of friendship and vulnerability because friendship does not mean vulnerability mm-hmm. all the time. No, it doesn't. Especially with especially when you're friends with me. <laughs> yeah. I like cuz friendship is 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 a is also a process and it's it's a building, right? We build friendships. So you're always going to be at like a different level of friendship with all of your friends. Yeah. Also why I don't many... believe in best friends. But Cassie and I yeah, have talked you... about this a lot. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, we've talked about that a lot. I mean, if you guys haven't listened, I did a um, adult friendships episode with my friend Sarah. And, um, I'll link it in the show notes for you guys, but, um, you know, she's someone who like does love to define that. And I was like, I don't like that at all. So it was a really fun and interesting conversation, Yes. but I've just, I've never liked the expectations that come with that Mm -hmm. because it's almost asking you to be like the utmost vulnerable and intense with that person. And it wasn't really a choice. Mm-hmm. I think more often than not, when you step into this place of like calling each other, like, this is my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like BFFs forever. And <laughs> this is what defines you. Like, just like you said, relationships are built, but they're also torn down. Yeah. Like you never know where that's going to take you. And I think there's an ebb and flow as, to every relationship. Yes. Well, ever. Yes. <laughs> well, and some relationships are meant for a short period of time and some are meant for, mm-hmm. you know, a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was, it was stepping into that and really looking at like, well, who, who do I just naturally build with? Right. Who does it just naturally, like it just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, was a very healing process for me but yes best friends I love that so much sorry I might have some close friends who listen to this podcast <laughs> you're like we're close but, we're very very close yeah we're super I mean tight. honestly I usually I I say that my best friend is my partner yeah and that's my husband yeah so yeah but other than that I, I have no room for best friends and but I've got a group of close-knit people that I can I can call on yeah for sure so I have no but that's so been, that's been a process. Yeah. Been a process. And I, and I, and I do, I totally agree that, that, well, I kind of was saying, you know, friendships are all at kind of different levels. Um, and even to kind of re put something out there to my therapist, which by the way, I feel like she needs, she just needs like her platform. I just need to have like a big thing. That's like my therapist. Uh, cause she gives me so much insight, so much wisdom and about myself and just about everything. But, um, one time she told me that relationships are people growing machines. And it made me so uncomfortable to hear that. <laughs> but also like so happy because when it comes to relationships to me, I had always looked at them as um, obligations, mm. which might seem really, but that's where my mind had been, where I was like, I am obligated to love this person. <laughs> And to be there and, and, you know, all of these things. And when you stick an obligation on me, I'm going to pretty much run for the hills. It's very hard for me that that's too much expectation. There's too much stuff there. Um, but when she said that they're people growing machines, it made me realize like why I have ebbed and flowed through so many different relationships throughout my life, because each one was still helping both me and that other person like grow. And every relationship is super vulnerable. 
And like, that's kind of like how I think everything sort of comes together. And even we got on this tangent now of friendships, which we can get on so many tangents, but (laughs) it's like, that's kind of the point of like, if it's a people growing machine, right. That means that there is vulnerability that's involved throughout the entire process Mm -hmm. and throughout, no matter what relationship it is. And they're just going to be at varying levels of vulnerability. And like, I think that that's the whole point because growth has to happen through being uncomfortable and vulnerability is incredibly uncomfortable. So anytime we're being vulnerable, we're growing period, which I love, but you were asking the question. <laughs> um, <laughs> you keep asking. And then I'm like, should I, should I come back? No, we can come back now to, uh, to tangibles. Like how do you yeah. start being more vulnerable? I loved what you shared and I'm going to second it that, one of the most, like one of the biggest things I think you can do for yourself is being vulnerable with yourself by becoming more self-aware and things and tools like the Enneagram, you know, like Myers-Briggs, like any kind of personality test out there, you will have to face yourself in ways you might not want to. And it can feel very vulnerable. The most vulnerable I felt was reading the road back to you to learn kind of about my Enneagram type and figure out, figure that out you know, whatever, whatever number was going to come up for me, because there were too many that, that felt right. Um, and the one that felt wrong is the one that I am. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, that's how it happens. Therein lies, you know, the one that feels the most vulnerable is probably your number. Like if you're going to jump into the Enneagram stuff, uh, we're always going to jump. We're always, I can't stuff. not talk about it now that it's in my world. I know. I just, I'm not going to apologize for nope. it either. You guys, I if love you haven't it. figured it out, go do it. I'll link a, a decent test in the show notes for you. Yes. Guys, but, well, and it has brought um, so much, you know, so much of the awareness, but also the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You have to get vulnerable with yourself if you want to be able to be vulnerable with others. But I do think the other step would just be to start expressing how you feel. Right. And like, you've got to become aware enough to know, to like know how you feel. But if you start telling people how you're feeling in any given moment, that is a very vulnerable moment already because so often we don't express or often know what our feelings are. But if we can start, get, start to get to that place where like, I can share with you how I'm feeling, then you're going to be in a vulnerable spot. Yeah, I would I would also say like taking steps to start to figure out and believe in your wholeness Mm -hmm. and your enoughness, because until you're in that place, you're never going to be able to be fully vulnerable. It's like, you know, like you said, stepping into being 100 percent yourself. Obviously, that takes self-awareness that takes vulnerability with yourself, Mm -hmm. with other people. But I think it's this kind of ongoing and growing process where you realize that, um you are enough. Yeah. And I think that's a really deep stated limiting belief for everybody on this planet. And it is one that I right that dictates, um, how, how deep we're willing to go because if you feel less than you're not going to go as deep as you, as you possibly could, because you feel like you have more to lose. You have something because if you lose another piece of you, then you're even less, right? Then you're even less and you're even less. So, um, and it also makes yeah. you feel like you have more to prove. So yeah. even more masks go up to try and Ooh. prove that you're worthy of something to try and prove that you're enough. Oh, 
No, we're, we both are doing like praise hand emojis to each other. (laughs) So much fire right now. Hey, from all this. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And I think one of the things that we've been talking about, I I just recorded an episode a few days ago with my friend, Jess Gertner about kind of authenticity and realness on social media. Mm -hmm. And we dipped into vulnerability a little bit, but it was, I, I think there really is no real true, like authenticity, realness without vulnerability. I 100% agree with that. I cannot be authentically myself without vulnerability being a part of it. Yes. Yes. So much. Yes. And this is something for me that I think that's kind of what flipped the switch for me the most. And I think kind of going back to like relating the humility, the vulnerability and the the leadership quality kind of coming together and not having to be mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. Um, to me, like I really pride myself in being the full best version of myself as much as I can mm-hmm. and like being authentic, being really real. I always talk about the real, real, mm-hmm. right. Um, being the real, real Cassie for me is really important. I want people to feel welcomed in. I want people to feel that community. I want people to feel seen and heard and, and all of that, which is why I love my nines in my life, by the way, (laughs) you'll never feel more seen than with a nine, by the way. Yes. Um, but what I realized was I couldn't step into that fully without exercising vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And for me that made vulnerability worthwhile. Yeah. Cause before, I don't know if I could say that vulnerability felt worthwhile to me, Mm -hmm. but that's such a great a, thing to share for that too. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of other people who feel like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope I'm not alone. <laughs> you are not alone. I will tell you right now. You are not alone in this moment, which means I must not be alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think, but see, that was a vulnerable moment there. right there. <laughs> Damn. Okay. We did, we it. did it. We did it. End it. Here we go. No, I was just going to say, I, I think, I don't know if there's a lot of practicality behind any of this mm-hmm. other than finding your own way to connect with yourself, know more about yourself, understand where you have space to let others in and then figure out what that looks like for you to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been my process, but I truly believe that that process is going to be wholly unique to every single mm-hmm. human being out there. Yeah. And it comes down to trust with all of it, right? Like vulnerability is you saying, I trust in this moment enough to share this, right? I trust in this person enough to share this. And that's why it's so freaking hard for people because who doesn't struggle with trust? Put your hand down because we all struggle with trust. (laughs) But no, it's, it's just all of us, cause we all want to be in control. We want to be able to have, we want to be able to have our shit together. We want to be able to have our lives feel like they're not spinning out of control. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that great. would be great. Um, be so great. I know. Cause right now my world is like spinning out of control, but oh. it's, it's such a matter of trust. And I realized that until I started to truly build up my trust both in myself and in others again, and in my abilities and my strengths and my talents and all of the things that make up who I am, that I was unable to be vulnerable at all. And I feel like they are 
synonymously wrapped. Is that the right word? I don't even know. Don't care. They're meant to be together. <laughs> we make words up on this. I make a lot of things up, and I Genevieve use, makes a lot of words up. Just saying. I will constantly yes, use can. the wrong words for things too. So whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Just own it. It's part of being a hundred percent. That is right. I make up words, and I also will misuse them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, trust is something that I struggle with a ton. Yeah. But one of the my big takeaways from the mastermind was this discussion that we had with Katie Grace mm-hmm. about like how do you cultivate trust within yourself? Yeah. Learning how to trust yourself. And I think that's a big part of opening up is trusting yourself first. Again, kind of seeking that enoughness, that wholeness. Yeah. Before stepping out in that. So, because what we're talking yeah, about, I think we can just, I think we just draw. Yeah, I'm like this. There, there isn't like an easy step by step. This isn't something that like you can just go like and make happen. Like it's that's not going to be the case. This is what a process. Mean? I just, I'm vulnerable. You, Here we you, go. yeah. <laughs> you did have a beautiful <laughs> the vulnerable work, moment. The work is done. <laughs> I talked about it on the podcast transparently. Transparently. So aren't we <laughs> Actually, yes. That is so spot on, and I absolutely love that you just owned that. <laughs> we can just move on now. I don't have to do I it. I don't have to say um, Ha ha. Don't worry, guys. I'm actually, I, I will do the work, I promise. She Well, can I just, ha ha, you are doing the work. <laughs> okay. Yes. Ha yeah, ha is, is not the right word right before that. We have and will continue to. Yeah. Cassie, you've made th- huge strides. I mean, huge, even since I first met you, but since we've even been working together and in the mastermind and everything of like how you show up, the way that you now trust people. Oh, I even have to come back to just a moment where you said, choose. I know I'm going to keep, you're going to have to cut me off, Cassie, where you said, choose. And I think that that's, that's part of all of this. Like if we wanted to really sum up vulnerability, how do I be vulnerable? You choose it right? This is a choice. You get to make it. You are still in full control of this. You get to choose whether or not you're vulnerable in any given moment. And when we showed up for the mastermind retreat, Cassie even told us, she said, I choose to be here and I choose to show up how I need to show up to get as much out of this time as possible. And then she did. And she showed up vulnerably and it was beautiful and it was amazing. But like you chose, you chose even before you came, like you knew what was up, you knew what was coming. And I feel like we might have just found something there that that's, it's a tangible (laughs) sort (laughs) of make a choice, but choose it Stick with that choice. That's right. It's very simple people. It's extremely simple. Mm -hmm. Um, Simple things can be hard. (laughs) Part of what allowed that choice for me though, was being around a group of women who had cultivated that trust Mm -hmm. over a few months prior to that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you and I talk about like, okay, where is it good to have the retreat within the mastermind? Is it good to have it in the middle or is it good to have it? And I think that's one benefit of having it smack dab in the middle is that you've had this time to build trust with people who that's hard to do with. Yeah. And you can go a little bit deeper. That being said, the exercises that you put us through in the first 20 minutes of the first day built some trust. (laughs) And I will tell you right now, it was super vulnerable for me to have even made that choice the first time I ever did it. Cause I was told by everybody to not do what I did, to not do those exercises first, to not have that stuff be part of it. And then I did it anyway, (laughs) 
Which, I love to do things that people tell me not I to. I love to do things people tell me not to. Um, but yeah. I'll be like, watch me do it. It felt really vulnerable. And it has, it has been one of the most incredible experiences each time because it just transforms the whole scenario, the whole time the, that we get to be together. So anyway, Ugh. I love that you brought so that up because even that was like, I was really scared to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I could see how you might, cause you're, I mean, like you were doing it with us. So like some of the mm-hmm. exercises that you had us go through and you, I'm not going to go too much into this cause you guys just need to go to the brave fear retreat. Cause I'm sure we're going to dig back into that. Yeah. Not That's all like of nice it will little, be there. Cause we, yeah, um, but we will, bit. I'm not going to make everybody get like so vulnerable that they're going to feel like a vulnerability hangover every single day. I promise. But you're all, you're but still going to dive deep. Day. You're still going to go there. <laughs> Well, and, but what I've learned with you is that you draw that out of me so much. So like find the people who draw out that wholeness in you and let them see you and be a part of, of community with them and community with the other people that they attract to, because that's something that's been really valuable through this process. You know, when we were, I was looking at business masterminds to do, Um, I, I had some options and I looked at, at, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to take this step. And you just so happened to open yours up again. And I was like, oh, good God. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and I had to choose yeah. to take the path of personal development and vulnerability. Cause I've learned for me, that's what happens with you. <laughs> yep. That is where I go with you, with you and me, with everyone that you work with. And for me, it's my purview for the most part, I mean, and this is not, not from a, a prideful or an ego place, but like, I don't need help with my business. I know what to do. Well, <laughs> like, can I be frank I need, and say most people don't need help with their business? I know. Right. Like, if like, you're going to jump Google in and be it, an entrepreneur, you, everything's available to you on Google. <laughs> you, you have at least a good sense of where to take your business, but it's this stuff yeah. that we're talking about right here. That is the yes. hardest for us to go to. Yes. Especially for and ourselves. understand, <laughs> you know, when you're reaching a block in your business, chances are that's like some sort of emotional and personal block that's deeply rooted in a limiting belief. Like, yes. And, and that has happened for me so many times at this point that anytime my business feels stagnant, I'm just going to be like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Need some counseling, go back to the drawing board, mm-hmm. do some personal development. What are we doing now? Mm-hmm. You know? And for me, you know, I just, I had to come to this realization that comes to me through community mm-hmm. that comes to me through that human connection. And for me, reading a book is not enough. Mm-hmm. That's not enough for me. Yeah. Um, and knowing that about myself is what brought me to that space. But one of the things that my husband and I talked about before I jumped in the mastermind, he was like, well, wh- what are you going to choose? And I was like, well, there's no question about what I'm going to choose. <laughs> there's biggest I mean, compliment this ever. Became, Cause I was looking at two other masterminds and then yours became available, but I had already been looking at these other options and I was like, oh, well, there's no, like, there's no other option. We're going to, I was like, I'm just going to come back from this being the most broken, but then eventually a very whole human being Mm -hmm. and it will be so great. So I just love, and this is part of the reason many, one of the many reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast to talk about vulnerability, because you've really brought that out of me. And I think it's an incredible gift and something that you use in your business. You use your superpower for, for the good. (laughs) And what's the superpower of the seven? Like, what do they say your superpower is? Do you know? I don't know, actually, which might okay. seem really strange, but like, we'll look it up later. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think that that process is, is 
it allows people to to feel seen and I think that's a huge gift and I think we all need to be part of more things that allow us to feel seen and heard and um taken care of Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. with all that said I think that's a lot I think that's two episodes. Yeah, and, was, <laughs> when, and we could keep going. So yes, no, for real, we actually really could. Um, our average phone conversation is probably two hours. It's, yeah, we're we're definitely at the two hour mark. It's pretty obscene. Um, it's pretty wonderful. so. Brianne, we'll have you back on sometime soon after you get moved and everything, and and chat more about. I'd love to chat more about like the mastermind experience and and all of that, but. Tell everybody where we can find you. Okay. How to get caught up on your podcast. I know. All of those lovely all things. All the fun things. Well, the podcast has a slight hiatus while I'm doing rebrand and also moving across the country, which is just for my sanity's sake. Um, but the Brave Fear podcast, which will have a lot of musings, sort of like today's conversation. <laughs> Very similar, in fact. Um, and you can find me online at brightlyandco.com. That's my business name still as of now, but I am making some transitions. So just depending, you can also just Google Brienne Wick because that's going to become a thing. Uh, but yeah, on Instagram, I am now officially Brienne Wick and that is pretty much all of the places that you can find me. Um, if you're interested in the Brave Fear Retreat, since we've just talked about so many retreat things, that's going to be at brightlyandco.com forward slash retreat. <laughs> I felt like I just said that like an ad. I was like, forward slash. <laughs> brightlyandco.com Brightly <laughs> That's so good. Okay. Oh, so funny. You guys, I cannot tell you enough times to go consume her work. Um, this is like a thought leader in our community that you're going to get to be a part of like the journey to her coming into that fully. And it's just the most beautiful thing ever to watch and be part of. Um, no one can see you. right now, but my cheeks are like extra red. I know I'm embarrassing you really badly. You are totally but embarrassing so me really badly. <laughs> um, but make sure you go listen to her podcast in particular, the fear of outshining episode. Yeah. That's like a real, real good for those of you who struggle with the too muchness. Yes. Um, it, that's a really good jumping off point yeah. I think from from this episode too so and that kind of um, spoke to me quite a bit so go listen to Brave Here podcast go check her out on the Instagram she does um, morning affirmations in her adorable turquoise robe every morning I'm sure there'll be some shifts as you're traveling but, yeah I haven't been doing um, it for the past two weeks but as soon as I'm back and settled it's coming back the turquoise robe will back be back Good. Don't worry. Good. I want to see it. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.